Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 35 of the Gamify Everything podcast. We cover all things metaverse, blockchain, Web3, and beyond. I'm your host, Monica Miller, and I'm looking forward to diving into our chat with Time Raiders today. But first, some housekeeping. A limited number of the Gamify mystery boxes are still available. For every mystery box sold at 25,000 GMI, 50,000 GMI is burnt. Head to gamify.gg to grab yours. On episode 34, we chatted with Stakes founder and CTO about some of the exciting ways they are revolutionizing the live event space, particularly for music productions. Be sure to catch our discussion on any of Gamify's socials or on your preferred podcast platform. Today, we'll be chatting with studio head Simon Bailey and lead designer Matt Nagy, the creators behind Time Raiders, a shoot-and-loop, play-to-earn NFT game. We're excited to have them on the podcast to learn more about how things have been going since the IDO back in March. Simon, Matt, welcome to the Gamify Everything podcast. How are you doing today? Hi. Great to be here. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome. So I'm excited to dive into our chat, but first, I'd love to hear a little bit more about you, your background, and what led you to the creation of Time Raiders. Um, Matt, we'll start with you. Right. Uh, Matthew Nagy. I am the lead designer and the economist on Time Raiders. I've been in the computer games industry for 25 years. My first two jobs in the games industry, I was a designer on Die Hard Trilogy and Alien Trilogy, which were two of the biggest selling PlayStation games of all times. Um, I then went, I was running companies for a number of years. Um, and this has just been wonderful to get back into game design. It's been fantastic. Um, I've just come out of free to play most recently and into play to earn. And uh, Time Raiders is the first crossover that, that I have had the pleasure to be designing with a very specific economy to kind of hook, let players in free keep them there with the stickiness of the gameplay, um, but reward them accordingly for what they do and how they play. Simon? Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm uh, I'm Cy. I'm the studio head of UGL, the makers of Time Raiders. Um, Like Matt, I've got, uh, I think, 24 years of experience in the games business, the mainstream games business, Uh, 25 or so titles published. Uh, mostly in family entertainment, so Scooby-Doo, Doctor Who, uh, Star Wars, Clone Wars, High School Musical, uh, Young Indiana Jones, a whole bunch of titles on most platforms, uh, so Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox, PC, Mobile, and um, very excited to be working on something that's uh, cutting edge uh, technology-wise, and something that you know, I'm a believer in uh, decentralization and I'm a believer that players should own their assets and that players should get pay, paid for playing. Um, I'm very excited about that because I think that's going to catch on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it would be nice uh, if all of my hours that I logged in World of Warcraft back in the day, I got compensated for it. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Exactly. That's exactly it. Like my yeah. my yeah. kids are playing CSGO and they're like, I got this knife, it's worth 500 bucks. And I'm like, well, what do you do with that? And they're like, oh, nothing. It's just, I'm like, how do you know it's worth 500 bucks? Like there isn't another one like it. There's only 10. Yeah. What do you do with that? Do you sell it? How do you sell it? They're like, no, you can't. You can't sell it. Like, I'm like, this answers that question. Like, I worked for this. I got this. You know, I want to do something with it, you know? If it's something that you love to do, then why why not get paid for it? For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 
you know, games are valuable way beyond that. But that's a whole other conversation. I love to hear, yeah. though, that your background's in PlayStation. Um, PS1 was the first uh, gaming console I ever picked up. Um, and then now I'm a PC diehard fan. So uh, that's been my oh. gaming trajectory. But uh, yeah. What are you playing uh, at the moment? So I don't play too much anymore. Life has become a little uh, requiring of my attention. <laughs> so uh, sometimes I'll play an ARAM and League of Legends or something like that. But uh, okay. yeah. outside yeah. of that, I'll just, the machine is uh, for work and music. It's an <laughs> expensive work and music machine now. <laughs> <laughs> Expensive clock. I have a few expensive clocks in the house. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But awesome. So I'm really excited to hear more about Time Raiders. What I read online um, seems like an awesome premise, and um, it seems like there's a lot of utility uh, going on. So I'd love to hear a little bit about, um, you know, what is the plot of the game? How does one play? Um, How is the play to earn uh, structure? What does it look like? Um, Cyber Elites. It's a fully 3D, playable, third-person, action-adventure, boot-and-shoot. Um, we're calling it Diablo with guns. You travel through time, solving puzzles, entering into missions, unfolding the story. And while you're doing that, you're collecting the treasures that you find through each time period. So if you like prehistoric, there's something for you. If you like... Second World War, something for you. Steampunk, future sci-fi, uh, the assassination of JFK. There's wow. a whole raft of um, moments in time. You know, the Egyptian birth of civilization with aliens, and uh, of course, so, yeah, of course. <laughs> and so, and the beauty of the game is like we've come from it to it from a perspective of mainstream gamers. So we make it fun first and then everything else follows back. But all the treasure that you get has been integrated into the game as NFTs so Mm -hmm. that the users uh, ultimately own the the utility tokens that they find in, in the game. And each NFT has its own utility and use in the game and also unfolding utility and use as the game goes on. It also has, um, which I often forget to mention, a fabulous economy within the game where Matt has designed, he's taken all of the the knowledge and the stickiness uh, that he's come to from free to play and he's twisted that model uh, to play to earn. So we have our own token in the game, Expendium, which you can earn every day through uh, playing the game, uh, solving puzzles, upgrading, and uh, that economy is, you know, basically we, we saw that World of Warcraft at one point had the eighth largest economy in the world, although it was virtual. So if we can get anywhere near that, then everybody will have a great time, you know? Yeah, exactly. Wow, I did not know that about the WoW economy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're gonna say Matt. I was just saying, yeah, that that and, you know that's that's what, that's what we're after. You know, we've yeah. created an economy. Um, we have a black market in the game. Okay, um, we've given the player the ability to get in for free, and to begin to earn expendium and find NFTs immediately. Okay, um, 
Uh, and then, so there's no barrier to entry, okay? But yeah. the black market is this place of exchange. So if you find it, so when you're on level one and you've got kind of level one items, that's great. You've got level one raiders, level one weapons, and, you know, you can upgrade them and that's fine. It costs a little bit of expendium to upgrade them and, um, and it costs various materials that you find in the game as well. So you can upgrade your stuff to level two and then you go play level two and you upgrade to level three, you can go play level three. Here's the thing. On level two, you're finding level two items. Level three, you're finding level three items. So, like, you've got a limited inventory. So now you don't need the level one items anymore. You have to shed them. So you're selling them to the new players coming in because the basic stuff that you find, hopefully they've upgraded it a little bit. The basic stuff is, is uh, you know, they might choose to buy rather than upgrade. And now suddenly the economy is stimulated. You got people from higher levels passing down stuff to people of lower levels, passing down stuff to people of lower levels, and then the higher levels are finding better stuff, and and so on and so forth. Suddenly, the economy is stimulated, you know. Yeah. So it's like a circular, yeah. very circular economy. Yeah. Yeah, circular spiral, hopefully upwards. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then loads of hooks in it to keep expendium, and loads of hooks in it to spend expendium, a portion of which we will burn. We were adopting the Binance model where they pledged to burn up to 50% of the circulating supply in order to keep the Binance coin strong. So we're going to be, you know, if it's good enough for Binance, good enough for us. We're going to adopt, we're adopting the same model. We're going to be burning up to 50% of the circulating supply as we go. So some of the things, so don't worry guys, if you're playing and you're like, oh man, I keep spending expendium, who's getting that? We are either cycling it back into the economy to give it to someone else. Or we're burning it. Okay. Very cool. Excellent. So let's talk a little bit about what's been in development between the IDO and today. I know that you got some exciting things coming out actually this week, tomorrow. Um, I'd love to give you guys an opportunity to speak about that. But um, let's catch up the speed since the last time that Gamify and Time Readers connected. What have you guys been, you know, most uh, giving most of your energy to recently? Yeah, so so basically, um, <laughs> sorry, did you want to go first, Matt, please? No, no, I'm just laughing. You just like everything. <laughs> the amount of work that is involved in preparing for, for an INO, it is insane. Whilst also doing a live beta in preparation for a launch in six weeks' time. So, yes, but go ahead, Simon. <laughs> yeah, no, a, a, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the core thing was... Um, making sure that the content that we have, you know, for the Second World War levels and for the prehistoric levels is completed on time. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what we've been focused on, is making sure that the game is fun, you know, polishing the experience uh, to make sure that when you pick up and play, you really enjoy the game. And then if you want to dive deeper, you can. And, of course, it always throws up a whole load of... Um, things that look great on paper that you then need to fix in software. <laughs> and um, it also throws up a load of bugs and technology issues which we have to solve as well. Because it's, uh, it's not just single player. You know, you can call uh, another raider to come and join you. And then you can actually train that raider uh, to become more valuable as your, uh, um, your accomplice. Um, but then if you want to you can also 
train it for sale in the marketplace. You know, the same with weapons. The more you use them, the better reputation they get until you can name the weapons. So we're hoping for a secondary market in people just training the weapons for sale. You know, so anyway, all of that, all of this detail feeds into um, what we've got at the moment, which is a closed beta test. We asked for 300 people to join us. 1,500 people have turned up to help us uh, test it. Uh, we're always open for more testers. And um, next step is go to the open beta and then the full launch, uh, which we're hoping to be at the end of August. Uh, so making sure the utility works for the NFTs, that's what we've been doing like the last couple of weeks. Wow. That sounds incredible. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested to, to see what the prehistoric level and the Cold War level look like. Those sound interesting. So I'm curious, Matt, with your background, uh, we've talked about it behind stage a little bit, but is that kind of the concept of the game? Do you hop through portals to get to these different um, spaces and time? How does one uh, navigate? Now, now I've got like the visual building in my head and I'd, I'd yeah. love to hear more. Oh, we should have given you the trailer to play. It's a little too <sighs> fantastic. Uh, we'll have to we'll see if we can arrange it. If uh, one of my guys is listening in and you can pop that into to Monica, your folder for Monica or YouTube something, then you, maybe she can use it. But anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, so um, the, the game is kind of divided into two sections. I mean, it's very, we're not reinventing the wheel. You know, you play, you play all of these games, League of Legends, World of Warcraft, CSGO, Tarkov, et cetera, et cetera. You've got a hub, which, you know, you've got your main venue and you can do things there. And then you use the, the, the level select to get into the level. But of course, we've gamified everything in order to make it a kind of, um, you know, a, a, an immersive experience. So in the hub, you know, you, you basically you, you, you have your, your flux time portal. You click on your time portal and it shows you all the places that you've already opened up with the various keys that you found. Okay. So you open up time periods and then you open up timelines within the era. So you might, you know, you might play two 19 London 1945 levels. And one of them, the Nazis have invaded London, which didn't actually happen during the war. And in another one, zombies have invaded London, which also did not happen during the war, I hope. Um, <laughs> you know, so, um, and we, you know, we divide them into levels or missions and game modes. And so you go in, you get your raid party, you select your character, you select your weapons and you go in for a raid. And so you go into the midst of the war, in the midst of the fray or the midst of the prehistoric section with the dinosaurs running around or somewhere in the future or somewhere in the past. And you know, we're going to, after launch, we're, launch, we're only releasing a few World War II levels. Uh, well, three plus three game modes uh, uh, of each plus the tutorial. So, you know, launch, there'll be 10, 10 levels to play. Um, but every month we'll be releasing new levels. So we've already begun working on prehistoric levels for the, the, the follow-up release. We'll go back to World War II. We'll go to Steampunk London. Um, you know, we're just, we're just going to jump around and have a lot of fun. And you get the beauty of time travel is you, know, you can meet yourself even on the path at some point and you can re-meet characters that you didn't defeat the first time or even if you did defeat them, you, you can meet them again and have a bit of deja vu. So it's just lots of fun. Um, in the trailer, you will notice that you're in World War II. You're, you're 
fighting Nazis and in London. And a time portal slightly unstable, and out comes a Tyrannosaurus Rex. You know, <laughs> you have a new enemy. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's just lots of fun. We, we can yeah. have so much fun with this. You know, yeah. there is a little time bandits in my imagination with them jumping around uh, periods to, to raid treasure. You know, it's, it's just a lot of fun. But you're treasure hunting. That's yeah. the goal. Yeah, the thing that stands out to me is how there are like uh, multiple timelines within a uh, time period where you can go up in levels. Is that correct? So like you have like the zombie, you have the Nazi, then you have like the whatever else. So that's so interesting. You can experience, you know, alternative timelines. Gives me Rick and Morty vibes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we're we're influenced by all this stuff. You know, all the time traveling movies, you know, uh, all the time traveling movies where I mean, you know, I mean, even Marvel's recent in, into the multiverse or or this yeah. or the Spider-Man home movie, you know, like it, it's just great. I, we, we, I just love it. And um, it means that we don't have to try to stick by strict rules. We, you know, they're <laughs> this guy, this, the, the imagination's the limit, you know? Yeah. So. yeah. Creativity and, is very chaotic. <laughs> and it also means the NFTs, any NFT we release. And so I'll talk about the NFTs that are, a little bit of one aspect of the NFTs in the pre-sale that every NFT in its own time matching time period has an immediate utility of like, you know, like a torpedo strike or a bomb strike or, you know, a spitfire flying in and doing a machine gun barrage, something like that. Right. But then in a different time period. So in, in the world war two, the pterodactyl will fly in and drop a health pack. But in the prehistoric, it, it'll fly in, it'll drop rocks and, and, you know, maybe even a dinosaur, right? So, so in its own time period, it'll have a slightly different utility. And then we also reserve every single NFT is also a key to a secret level that makes sense for that NFT or a secret game mode, okay? So, like, if you get the submarine, you've got the key for a future underwater level that we unlock. And it's only the owners, the owners of the submarine are going to be the first ones to get in there and do the treasure hunting. Okay. And, you know, so that's great. So you get first access guys, right? Or like if you had like a tank or a hovercraft, right? You are going to be the first people who get to go on a special game mode where you need the tank or a special game mode where you need the hovercraft. And you're going to be the first ones who get to treasure hunt there. So anyway, so when, you know, guys, make sure you look at the, uh, the pre-sale for the, uh, the NFTs. It starts tomorrow. I think the brochure is available on all our social media. You got me on that underwater level. I always usually get stuck there in games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Days of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. I. <laughs> yeah. Speaking, speaking of getting stuck, that uh, kind of leads into the next question here. Um, so, you know, we're dealing with some new um, technology and we're interweaving it into something that has been growing over time, which is gaming. So blockchain and gaming connecting here at this point, I'm sure that you've experienced some challenges and roadblocks along the way that you've had to uh, find solutions for. So especially as a small dev team. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you and your team have um, encountered these roadblocks and overcome them. Um, maybe Simon, um, start over yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um yeah, so we, we had a bit of a beauty parade of the blockchains and we found that um, 
Polygon offered the best sort of scaling solution um, and also um, had a large community that was uh, interested in gaming. And um, also the people there were very um, good to work with and we were able to integrate the SDK in a few days. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, there's 40 of us working on the project altogether and um, 30 of us, 30 plus, were all working on video games, artists, programmers, game programmers, etc. So we needed to spin up a blockchain team of, of we've now got a team of eight uh, new uh, team members. We say new, they've been with us for um, uh, nearly a year, or, or at least uh, sort of six or eight months. And um, uh, it's led by Ken Huang, who is uh, one of the leading blockchain security experts. And uh, we're really glad about that because, you know, we read about all of these the hacks every day. And this is clearly one of the sort of major problems of blockchain and cryptocurrency. And um, so we've, we've written our own smart contracts. We've written our own token code. Um, everything is audited uh, thoroughly by known sec, by uh, certic. And uh, we have um, uh, uh, penetration testing and, and encryption for the game as well. So. Um, yeah, the security side has been the most challenging. Uh, we're quite used to, uh, you know, make remaking games for console. You know, like you have to make a completely different version for PlayStation than you do um, on on PC. I mean, it's easier now, but it was very difficult back in the day. We we're used to um, working with new technologies, but um, here we've had to have banking levels of security as well. You know? So that's been a challenge. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Matt, anything you want to add on? Uh, nothing. I just, you know, it's been great working with Ken. Um, you know, he is an expert in his field. He's even released a book on cybersecurity and blockchain. Um, so, you know, yeah, he definitely he knows his stuff. So um, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like a whole other animal, um, a different subset of cybersecurity. Interesting how... That's uh, unfolding, but I'm really curious. So right now, the game is primarily on what platform? Can you remind me? Is it like web-based? Is it um, PC? It's so, on PC. It's a download onto PC. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We took a versions. took a page out of League of Legends and, and yeah. you know, that, those types of games. Um, I feel like we, we've hit the sweet spot of the Web 2, Web 3 crossover. Okay, So League of Legends is super popular. Those, those types of games. Okay. And, um, you know, so the web two guys love this game. Okay. It's got that great arcade. It's got the treasure hunting. It's got the whole kind of hook of the upgrade path and user generated content and branching choices so that you can, you can have two, two things that you're upgrading that are the same, but actually you take them down different pathways. That's coming in the second, the second season. It's not immediately at launch, but, um, and they'll be in the game. They'll just love it. They'll just enjoy the game for what it is. And then, you know, one day they kind of, you know, they played for a week and they're like, um, what, gee, what's this? This, uh, uh, this cool thing I found in the treasure trove, this cyber gun. And they look it up and they're like, oh my goodness, this is worth a thousand bucks. Now the brain makes the switch that, you know, for them, expanding is just our in-game currency. It's just the name of that. Right. And they, they earn some, they find some, they win some. And they spend some, right? That's all. It's it's fine. Um, so one day the penny drops for them. 
Meanwhile, we've chosen a genre that is arcade in style. Yeah. So Web3 guys can get in and play. It's not hard. You don't have to figure out a whole lot of rules. You, you hit the, the, the raid button. You're in a level. You run around and you're clicking the mouse. And, you, oh, you notice if you point the mouse and you click there, it shoots there. Like, that's it. <laughs> like you, can, yeah. you know, off you go. Go treasure hunting, guys. Kill, kill enemies, kill zombies, go treasure hunting. You know? And so I, I just think we've really got a sweet spot. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as I, as I listen to you and watch the vision unfold in my mind, you know, I can see this transferring really well to virtual reality sometime in the future, which I'm sure you've thought about. Um, oh, yeah, that and, would be super yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking of the future, I'd love to hear what you both think about how mainstream adoption is unfolding as we move towards more integration with gaming and the blockchain. You know, last week we talked, or sorry, two weeks ago, we talked with um, uh, the folks at Stakes that are working with music productions where they're making like exclusive NFT tickets um, for folks to collect, which is uh, a super great way to be immersive. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, if we could do a little fortune telling what we think, um, you know, the next maybe... <laughs> I guess five years, which is in reality probably ten years in the digital world, <laughs> would look like. Um, so, Simon, back to you for that one. Okay. okay yeah. Thank you. Um, I mean, with regard to time raiders, um, we are looking to sort of future-proof it in a number of ways. But first, with the um, NFT utility. So, let's say you have the graveyard gravestone NFT. That gravestone NFT. Um, if you you put it in the game, it's got your name on it, and then uh, you put some flowers on it, you look after it. Over time, it will become a graveyard. Then you're able to, the kills that you get in the game, you bury them in the graveyard, and you leave them for a while, and then later on, they'll come back to serve you as your own private zombie army returned from the dead, Okay. So it's this sort of utility that I think um, will will ensure the sort of future proofing of the uh, of NFTs, you know, actual real use and utility. Um, in terms of crossing over to the mainstream ga gaming market, you know, we're using our contacts, we're using our knowledge of making good games. You know, that idea of the graveyard is something that translates into fun, you know, in the in the real gaming world. And uh, so we're intending to bring it to the existing audiences and markets that we already know quite well. Um, I, I see I see the um, with my son, right? He's 20 and he plays League of Legends and Fortnite. Now, if he could get enough money for his vape liquid, he'd be a happy guy. That's all he would need is that much. He's in a time where he just needs a bit of pocket money uh, to support his university work. Um, there's mil there are millions of those kids, millions of those young people who are um, who are in the mainstream gaming world. That also, they embrace. They already may have bought some Bitcoin, you know. And that yeah. they will embrace this um, this crossover market, and then ultimately for our future, we want to give the power to the players. So we're going to let them build their own levels and populate their own levels with their own NFTs. Yeah. 
Nice. We love some and UGC. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And we will supply the tools for that. And then, of course, it's all written to the blockchain, and we can use our marketplaces and other people's marketplaces to make that thrive. That is awesome. At first, I was a little set back by the graveyard thing. Writing your own uh, name on the epitaph sounds a little <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a little dark, right? <laughs> a little dark, but um, super cool. It gives me um, Sylvanas Windrunner vibes with uh, you know the leader of the undead army. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to keep referencing World of War. <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah. Awesome. won't just have your name on it, Monica. Right, it's, it's one's name should be on it. One, one's name. <laughs> yeah, everyone is Monica's name. It's the Monica Gravestone NFT. Hey, you've got addition, one, only fifty guys. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Um, yeah. Now, um, the the future, you know, um. I really see, I see, I mean, look, pay-to-play has, has stayed, but many of the pay-to-play people have put free-to-play mechanics in, finally caved in, they put free-to-play mechanics into their pay-to-play, okay? The next logical step, so play-to-earns come. Now, we, we, we're calling our Web 2, Web 3 crossover play and earn. Because you're not just playing to earn, you're playing and you're enjoying and you're earning, okay? <clears throat> so I really do see, um, I really do see the, the big guys slowly coming across and, and, and thinking about, you know, I, I'm, I, I see them thinking about uh, creating currencies that go across multiple games that are interchangeable. You know, the NFTs go across multiple games. Simon and I have already begun speaking about other projects and, and if Expendium is going to be in other things. And, or if Time Raiders extends into a, a, a more of a metaverse, mm. a multiverse metaverse, and, um, you know, and, and, you know, given user-generated content, you know, Robux is a big thing. And Minecraft Minecoin is a huge thing. And both of those have the user-generated content, user servers, user rules, uh, user-generated levels, game modes, et cetera, et cetera, right? So adopting that sort of thinking, Expendium becomes really important as the main currency across everything, and, but it has real-world value. And it extends the life of the NFTs tremendously. Plus, we have burn functionality, not just for Expendium, guys. We've got burn functionality for NFTs as well, as well as we always have limited supply with the exception of the upgrade materials. Okay, so there's always a limited supply, and that's when seasonally we're releasing new NFTs. That's when the new NFTs come out um, uh, with different utility to them. Um, but it's really important. We have analyzed the games that are out there. And we have designed the economics in such a way to avoid the pitfalls that we have seen in the games that were doing really well and then suddenly took a nosedive for some reason, right? And, and yes, also the crypto winter that's happened over the past six months has affected. But I know we're going to hit bottom at some point and the crypto winter will end and things will be going up again. I'm not a financial advisor. Don't take my financial advice. I'm just a game designer who likes his game, okay? Um, <clears throat> I do see mainstream adoption. 
I see, I can see Apple and and Google creating um, their own platforms or adopting stuff in order to allow things within their platform, having to make some rule changes. I can see Steam doing that. Uh, it's one of the main PC. You know, I I I, I just see the, all these guys getting on board. I see Microsoft suddenly going, "Hang on a second, there's gold in them, their hills." But as long as they're not the only ones getting the gold, we'll be happy. Yeah. Okay? As long Girls. as the little guy can earn yeah. enough. You know, we're, you're talking about vape liquid in London, but you know, we we also we would love people to be earning ten to twenty bucks a day of expendium and NFTs on average, so that people in Indonesia, Vietnam, Philippines, across African nations, across the Central American, South American nations, you know, you know, young people earning a living. That be that's fantastic. That just thrills us. Yeah. And enjoying the game. Yeah, yeah. That definitely gave me some warm fuzzies to hear about. That's um that's that's incredible. Thinking back to my college days, yeah, and I was League of Legends player as well, like, you know, being able to cash in some money. I would play uh, tournaments online when they were brand new. I won 50 bucks one time and thought it was, like, the, the craziest. Yeah. Like, the I best. heard about it on Facebook. I told all my friends. It was it was insane. Um, so I, I can see the excitement that this could bring. The excitement and also, like, um, Why don't you carry on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Professional eSport League of Legends player. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> But um, yeah, it looks like we have quite a robust live audience today. So if anybody out there wants to ask a question, um, now is the time. There is a little bit of a delay. So um, to fill in the space here, guys, where can we find Time Raiders and you online if uh, we have some follow-up questions or if folks want to reach out and connect? Uh, yeah, I mean, Time Raiders can be found. There's a link tree. If you just put Time Raiders link tree, it gives you uh, all of the links to our, um, our white paper, uh, our YouTube channel, um, please sign up to our Discord, uh, to our Telegram or to our Twitter. Uh, we release everything there. And tomorrow we're launching our NFT sale um, on Rarible, on Gate, on Engine Starter, on uh, Babylons, on Bitmart. Uh, so um, each of those uh, communities has a, an, an allocation. Um, uh, if you join our whitelist for the NFT uh, sale, then um, I think if you if you buy two NFTs, you get uh, you get one for free, or you get bonus rewards. Um, and then the launch of the game uh, will be in uh, six weeks' time, um, with utility for the NFTs built in straight away, and then further uh, utility uh, to promote uh, hodling and to uh, allow for more fun in the game. Matt, uh, anywhere to find you online? Um, if you want, you guys can drop your personal handles or anything as well if you feel comfortable. Whatever. Oh yeah, it's a good idea. Um, mind you, I am in our Discord server as well. In our in our Discord server, yeah, I there. am. What's that? We're both in there. We're in the Discord. Everybody's yeah. in the Discord. You, okay. That's the thing. You get to chat to the developers directly in the Discord community. Yeah, it's great. That's so cool. you can you can find me in the chat on Papa Fluxer. In the chat, <laughs> pop up fluxer. Oops, there's an extra D in there for some reason. I was going to be mother fluxer, but I thought that might be a little too risky. 
it fits. And Simon, what about you? What's your uh, Discord display name? Uh, um, it's Moonhead. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Just like that. <laughs> oh, okay, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is it wrong? That's so funny. Excellent. Okay. Well, um, I didn't see any questions come through in the chat. Um, so I think we are coming to the close of the podcast here. Any last words or things you want to mention before we part ways today? Just want to thank uh, the community for supporting our project. And, uh, you know, thank you for having holding this uh, uh, AMA today. Really great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Guys, um, we are still... Um, accepting people for um, the next phase of beta test. So if you find us at timeraders.io, get onto the Discord channel. Um, you can sign up. You can, you can also whitelist for the INO tomorrow. And if you whitelist for the INO, you're in a draw for a prize. And if you whitelist for the INO and you um, take a, um, a minimum order of... Um, one of the more expensive NFTs or two of the cheaper ones, um, you're also, you get some bonuses, you get some bonus consumables and, and you're in for another prize. Um, but you could join the beta. So um, Monica's going to be there. I know she's going to be sending her email through and joining. So you can get on there and you guys can, you can, you can time, you can race to the treasure, you know? <laughs> but we, we, welcome, we, we welcome community. We welcome feedback, bug testing. And we've got a suggestion button as well. So if your community, you do get to influence uh, the dev roadmap as well. So that's what we like to hear. It's the gamer's wish. <laughs> absolutely. But uh, Matthew, Simon, absolute pleasure to host you on Gamify's podcast today. We'll be back next, next week. And uh, until next time, everyone. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thank you.